Welcome to another edition of Dentalpreneur Secrets. And I am so excited to, to have you here today. At Dentalpreneur Secrets, we help you build an amazing life of significance. So you can take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. But to do that, you need a really good business, right? Your dental practice is going to help fuel all those things. And I, I want you just to imagine for a brief moment, what if every single year in your practice could be the best year ever in your dental practice? Would that be appealing to you? Well, the great news is today we're going to help you on that path. So every year can be your best year. And by the time we finish today, you're really going to know how to align your team to a shared vision. So everyone's pulling in, in the same direction. You're going to have a paradigm shift in the way you think about your practice. And you're going to have some strategies that you can take back and deploy as soon as you walk in the office on Monday morning. But even more important, we want to give you some hope. We want you to feel hopeful about your dental practice. It's been a rough year. Rough times may still be ahead, but we want to give you that hope. And to do that, we have a fantastic guest. We've got Dave, Dr. Dave Maloli, co-founder of the Dental Success Network. He's a certified high-performance coach. He's a dentist with years of experience helping other dentists just like you, hardworking, dedicated professionals, create the practice of their dreams. Dr. Dave, welcome to the show. Tim, it's an honor to be with you today. It's going to be a fun conversation, no doubt. Oh, I, I am so looking forward to this. And, and you know, I actually want to start with your your website, you know, Relentless Dentist, right? Why <laughs> why Relentless Dentist, right? And I love the word relentless, but but talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you kind of got started on that path and, and why you've settled on the Relentless Dentist. Um, it, there's kind of a, a, a joke, an inside joke. I actually thought it was an oxymoron when I, I started the podcast over seven years ago and podcasts were just in their infancy. I just knew that it was going to take hold. And I'm like, what did dentists need more of? And the thing that kept coming up was courage. As a business owner, it was always that step forward into courage that led to my breakthrough. And yet I was a pretty timid salesman. I was a pretty timid marketer. And I just called it that, not knowing that it would stick and become a coaching brand and all these sorts of things. It was literally my first interview on a podcast. It needed a name and I called it Relentless Dentist. And, and now it's seven, eight years later. So, so certainly being a little relentless in the podcast itself too, that to, to keep going that long <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, so how did you really get started in dentistry in, in, in right the genesis of the podcast and coaching and, and really finding out that you, you had a passion for, for helping people have their best year every single year. Yeah. Um, I think you have to start in my roots. I was a farm boy in Nebraska and I learned work ethic there. Um, interestingly, my parents were, introduced by my childhood dentist. So going into the dental office meant fun. I could spray water all over the place and get, get behind the scenes. But I was, it wasn't until I was an undergrad that I realized that dentistry was going to be my pursuit. My first pursuit was athletic medicine. And in my experience as an intern at the University of Nebraska, like the team was winning national, the football team was winning national championships. The the athletes I was working with were going to the NBA, major league baseball, NFL. So it was an amazing experience but I realized that those, that occupation was married to their job, much like the farming that I grew up in. And so um, I started looking around at other health care professions and a great man, uh, the, he was the team dentist for the basketball team. I had a heart to heart with him and said, hey, listen, like I'm looking for something more. I think I want to stay in healthcare." He said, come to my office. I spent an hour with him and I went home and called my mom, changed my major quit my internship and, and went full all, all in on dentistry. And so that's where I got my start. Um, went to dental school on a army health profession scholarship program, which 
allowed me to see parts of the world that a Nebraska farm boy doesn't think will ever happen. And that led to an associateship. And finally, I knew I needed my own gig. And that landed me here in Avon, Colorado, where it really reminded me of those experiences in Austria and Switzerland, uh, having mountains and ski slopes right in our backyard. And, and it was a quote that said, I think it was by Seth Godin that said, instead of wondering when your next vacation is coming, why don't you engineer a life that you don't need a break from? And so that's what we set out to do in 2009. And one thing led to another. Um, I realized then after being institutionalized for many years in school and army and associateship that entrepreneurship was really my calling. And um, one thing led to another, that, that startup practice led to a podcast, led to speaking, led to authorship, uh, some demand for coaching. And I knew that I didn't want to coach without a certain level of skill. And so I started training there and I've been doing that uh, full time for a year now. So uh, Steve Jobs says the dots don't make sense moving forward. And that's very much been my journey, but they make sense going backward. And I feel grateful for all those uh, challenges and adventures and opportunities along the way, because uh, I'm really doing something that I love now. Wow. And, 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 and you know, if you're listening to this right now, I just want you to, to, to actually rewind a couple seconds and, and listen to what Dr. Dave just said, right? He talked about engineering the life that you want. And, and, and that's really a lot of kind of what you do in helping dentists, isn't it? It's helping them engineer that life instead of just letting life happen. Yeah, I think too often we try and separate our career and our life. But the thing that's real is that if you have a hard time at getting to work, meaning a, maybe a spat with your wife or a difficult time with your child or pet, that same person shows up to work. And if you have a difficult time at work, sometimes we don't leave it at work and we end up at home. And so my pursuit was really, how do I engineer and align all of these things? So it gives me everything that I want. And we run a business that has to be profitable, but how do we make sure that the patients are taken care of, the team's taken care of, you're taken care of, that you're not burning the candle at both ends so that you, you know, all of these tragic sh stories in dentistry where people burn out or something much worse because they're, you know, they're experiencing this demand and starting to feel the pressures of being everything to everyone. And so I didn't like that, that, that high friction piece. That was my experience the first few years of private practice. And I knew that there had to be a better way. Um, I knew what I wanted. I knew the vision was clear, but a lot of what I was being told, um, kind of only exacerbated the, the issues and delayed the results until I really started diving into this question of like, what brings out the best in a human? What brings out the best in an organization? And then you realize that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't, once you're really clear on the outcomes and you have supportive research and skills and mindsets that that now get an alignment as opposed to all these vectors pulling in different directions, you can have a really high output practice without all of the tension and the drama and the sleepless nights and the chewed up stomach lining and all those things that I went through early on in my startup journey. Wow. So, so powerful. And, you know, as you were, you know, starting to really engineer the, this life and build what you wanted, was, was this a journey you were doing alone or did you have mentors and, and people who were helping you along this journey? And what role did, did they play, if any? kind of helping you to get to where you are today? Yeah, too many to count. Um, I think I have to include the podcast in this. I mean, being seven years old, um, my practice was still in its infancy at that point in time. And I take insights and gems from anyone that will deliver them. Um, I, 
I'm a, I was a CE junkie. I went to every clinical and practice management course that I could, but a lot of my most powerful insights came from outside of the industry. So like this lifestyle engineering really came from a book that I read in Europe. Now, now he's legendary for being a podcaster, but it was Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. And he talked about the dangers of this delayed life plan where we spend all of this time creating these fruits of labor and filling up our bank account and knowing that maybe at 65, now we have plenty of financial security, but no energy because we're, we're broken down emotionally, physically, all of these sorts of things. So um, it really goes back to another, another mentor of mine, Jim Collins. He talks about the tension that comes with the or. Either we will have work or life. Either we have purpose or profit. But he also mentions that there's a genius in the end. And I wanted to, I wanted to have it all. I wanted to have a team that loved coming to work. I want to have practice that was full of patients that referred and reviewed me. I wanted all of those things. And it, so it was a compilation of lots of different things over time, trial and error, lots of error, lots of um, sleepless nights, lots of emotional times where life really slapped me up against the wall and said, what are you made of that forced my hand to figure out how I was going to execute, execute that vision and be really resourceful. So as far as mentors and insights, like too many to count, I'm still like very much a student of life and business and human behavior and human behavior change. So I, I'm the, I stand on the shoulders of lots of giants, right. I guess, long story short. Yeah. Right. The, the learning process never stops, does it? Right. We're always learning, always innovating, always, always improving and getting better. And that's that to me is always, you know, a lot of the fun of the, the human journey that we're on. And, and I want to come back to what you're talking about in vision here in a second and just the importance that vision plays. But, you know, you're in a lot of dental practices. You're talking to a lot of dentists today. What are you hearing from people as you're in offices, as you're working with teams, as you're you're helping people build these practices and, and really kind of engineer the, the life? What's what's just the general, you know, kind of, you know, emotional state of people out there today? I think it's really reflective of society in general. I mean, we've, we have a pandemic, we have social unrest and as empathetic people, we take, take that on from a patient just walking through the door, right? We feel that stress and anxiety every day as dentists and now it's compounded. And so there's like a heaviness or darkness that a lot of teams came back with because they're worried about their family. So this goes back to, there is no work-life balance. It's all kind of life. Like I can't, I have lots of barriers in my life, but we can't separate that out completely and be a robot. And so there's, there's some stress and anxiety there. Some dentists are doing really well financially, but they're feeling the toll. Others, you know, have this open share time where their patients are more reluctant to come back and they're really working hard on recare and reactivation. Uh, so I think the results are really all over the board, but the one thing that I, th I think is consensus is surely there's gotta be a better way. Surely 2021 will bring us better results. And I'm begging for some level of clarity, certainty, courage, and confidence as things move forward. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just a, a lot of heaviness. And, and like you said, right, we, we tend to absorb, you know, what other people are going through and, and, you know, I've certainly found it harder and, and maybe you have too, you know, just as you, you listen to the same stories of everyone coming in over and over, you can't help but be impacted by what, what all, all your patients, all your suppliers, all your vendors, all your team members, what they're going through. And that can weigh heavy on all of us right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a game of tag for better or worse. I think we as dentists are trained to be rather, rather resilient, but it takes its toll because by and large, we're 
golden hearted servant leaders and to not take some of that on. That's what makes us very good clinicians because we're compassionate about the patient's pain or shame. Um, but we also have to make sure that we're taking really good care of ourselves because if we start to falter, if we, um, if we wear out at the end of the day or the week, then, uh, people are watching us and we're role models. So I guess that's a, that's a, a call to action to take care of yourself as a dentist, because it was demanding to begin with. And now we have these increased demands and we want to show up and, and be that achiever all day, every day, but without proper work rest cycles, like an athlete, um, you, you're playing a game that you can't win. So I think that's, uh, taking time off, um, making sure that you're doing things that you enjoy, having a laugh, creating a culture around you that supports your pursuits, making sure that you're not engineering uh, stress and tension and drama and gossip within your organization by, by wrongful hires or not having a vision. I think all of those, those things that maybe we could have slid by on now are getting exposed as really important tasks and mechanisms within our organization. And right, what what an interesting point, and I, and and I'm glad you brought up that vision again because I, I do want to dive into that. And you know, I, I think it's interesting what you just said, right? You know, maybe we we're able to kind of slide by without you know a real vision aligning our team, and you know, maybe we we're able to you know kind of just make it by without some of our systems working as as well as they should in our offices. And so, you know, when you start working with the practice, right? There, there's so many things that that you can go in and address. How do you start this process and, and how do you take someone through that, that creating a shared vision for their, their team? What, what should that look like? And, and what are some things that that can include? Um, I, I, I zoom out right away because the one question that's really hard for dentists to answer is what do you want? And I mean that comprehensively, like, what do you want your home to feel like? What do you want your practice to feel like? What do you want your health and wealth to feel like? What, what sort of trend line are we charting here? That question is very hard for a dentist to answer because they've been giving so given so long. They jump through how many ever hoops getting through their dental education, getting a license, maybe jumping through hoops to get a loan to acquire or start a practice. And so we, we get forgetful of like, Hey, listen, like I have to have a life vision here because if my life vision is absent or my practice vision is absent, then we end up in this very reactive mindset. And that's the most taxing of all because every upset patient we feel and we're responding to however your team is feeling on Monday. So I want to know what they want. And sometimes that's a long conversation, but we have to dissect like, where are we now and where are we headed? Google maps? know we need those two points of data. If you're going on a vacation, you know, that you need those two points of data, but somehow we weren't given the blueprint of, we need that in our, in our life. So our business can align with that because if we don't do that, we know what happens. We, yeah. we're, we, we own a practice with a horrible boss that, <laughs> that we see in the mirror every morning as we're getting ready for work. So I think it's really important to say, what do you want? And the next question is, why do you want it? So we have to make sure that we have a vision that's supported by purpose because there's times when a dental week goes really bad. There's times when your best dentistry fails. There's times when your best team member resigns and moves away. So what's, What's the why that sustains all that that makes sure that you can get up and do it again tomorrow? So what do you want? Why do you want it? And then the third is probably the most important. It's who do we have to, who do we have to be to get this thing, right? Because if we don't know who we have to become, we default to how. And if we go, dentists are how people. And sometimes the how isn't obvious. So you don't have step A through Z. Sometimes you have to know step, be on step B to see step C. 
And we have, that's where resourcefulness comes in. And if we, if we know that we have to become something greater, a better leader, a better clinician, um, increase our skill sets and mindsets, then it becomes a lot easier because we're not looking for the recipe in the playbook. The playbook becomes whatever it takes. Wow. Wow. Right. You just gave us so much gold right there. <laughs> right. Just, just absolutely amazing. Right. Cause the, to build that practice, you do, you have to know what you want. And, and oftentimes, you know, a certain income number or, you know, getting an extra vacation home, those aren't really powerful enough driving in goals, are they? Right, that, that's so important. No, and yeah. oftentimes just having a, an, an income goal or a vacation goal, that's really not a powerful enough goal and vision to keep everyone driving forward, right? If you guys work really hard, this big house can be all mine, right? <laughs> that doesn't work so well for team alignment, does it? No, I mean, I, I, I'm all for the trappings of success. I, I think, um, you know, you pick and choose your vices wisely. I think that's part of life. But if we think th the problem that I see in the industry, and this is this was me early on in my career, is that we think that we do enough and then we have enough and then we'll have this sense of being, uh, we'll feel fulfilled, we'll feel confident, whatever that is. But those trappings of success don't do that for us. So we have to make sure that the who I'm becoming becomes the growth journey. And all leadership starts with personal leadership. And if we deny that, it comes it, there comes a colossal cost. And so a lot of us learn that the hard way. We get overextended in boats and vacation homes and, and all of these things. I, I maxed out three credit cards trying to get my practice up. Though those things are fine. I don't, I don't snub my I don't snub those things at all I have lots of things that I love and I'm proud of that are tangible things but there must be meaning for your team the purpose is important you need to give them something more than just a paycheck and you need something more than just a paycheck because what happens when all your financial goals are met and you still have a business to to, to show up to like there has to be something that keeps you driving forward and the research back from Viktor Frankl on man's search for meaning, like you need a compelling future to step into and you must live in that vision. Otherwise we end up what where we see most of, this, of society in this distracted entertain me state. And that just is a matter of, of sedation, right? It's delaying the pain of not having the purpose or the meaning in our work. And so my meaning had to shift many times because I ended up in these ruts in my career where I was like, why am I doing this for? Like all my like I, I got to the point where everything that I moved, I, I came to Colorado for these distinct things and I had blown past that finish line. And I was like, this doesn't feel like I thought it would. And so I had to orchestrate and align my, my career with how I, what I wanted. And I also had to make sure that I in, in, infuse meaning into it. Otherwise, a lot of times it starts to feel like factory work. And if it feels like factory work for you as the owner leader dentist, you're role modeling that for your team. And that's when your team starts leaving you for another dollar down the street or um, feeling entitled to bonuses or um, wanting to work less and get paid more because you're role modeling that. You've, you've not infused meaning into the workplace. You've not built the culture. You've not supported it with mission and vision and values and all these things that we think are fluffy and we'll get around to it. That's the foundation. And if you don't have that as a foundation, when things like COVID hit, you have no tool to align the team. It's we're all sort of disoriented. Where's the roadmap? It doesn't exist. And yeah. so now we're just gunslinging and hope we, we just, the patients call and that we can respond to the schedule and that we're, we outrun the overhead and all of those sorts of things. It's I've been there. 
So I don't place any judgment, but it's a miserable way to run a dental practice and it will wear you down. And that's to me why I got so disgruntled and why we see so many disgruntled in the marketplace is because they weren't given this very important blueprint. We get too technical and we take those things that make us a really good dentist and we try and be a really good leader and, and, and business owner. And it gets in the way. It gets in the way because we need to be decisive. We need to be precise. We need to be clear. We need to be all of these things that maybe dentistry as a, as a technical skill, those skill sets are, are completely different. Yeah, right. It's one thing to be very technical with the, the clinical work, and, and it's a whole other thing to, to be that, that big picture leader who's empowering your team, right? They're, they're very different skill sets. But, but, you know, just hearing you talk about this, right? What a paradigm shift, right? What a very different way to, to think about your dental practice and, and the way you run it, the way you align your team is really through that vision, through purpose, and, and through, through making a difference in the world, right? Not just showing up for a paycheck. Yeah, there's something that we used in the in the dental practice that the team, my team just called the triangle. And it's a decision framework. And it, we realize at the top of the triangle is the practice because if the practice doesn't exist, then we don't have jobs. 2000 plus patients don't have a, home, a dental home, a place where they, you know, low, no like and trust where we've built up this trust and rapport. So the practice has to come first. But on the other sides of that are patients and team. And if we can make all decisions from the center of that triangle, and by and large, you can, sometimes you have to make sacrifices, but by and large, like if a patient is rude to your team, that's undermining the other thing. Like you can still support your patient base and remove a patient from that equation. <laughs> if there's a team member that's in friction with all of your patients, they have to be removed for those equations. So now we have this very simple have it all, so to speak, triangle that allows you to make decisions as a leader, but also when you're trying to find another canal in that root canal and you're running behind and you can't make decisions and you can't answer calls, now your team has a framework in which to look. And that's, that's, a, that's one of many things. They need to know what you stand for. That's your mission. They need to know a culture code, like what brings out the best in this organization? Have you had a discussion? Have you asked your team why do you come to work beyond the paycheck? Okay, if the if the lottery hits for you, I know you're, you're probably gonna turn in a resignation. So I assume you're here for a paycheck, but what do you want beyond that? They may say out loud laughter. They might say second family. Have you asked them that? Have you documented that? Do you use that as a compass? And then the thing that we talked about, like, who are we? Do we have this decision frameworks and where are we headed? And it doesn't, you don't have to share the 20 year vision with them, just share the 90 day vision with them, just share the one year vision with them. We're coming up at the end of the year, an annual meeting is so critical to make sure that it's not, people are ready for something new. We have all these new year's resolutions. Well, resolve to make this year much better than last year. Everyone's on board in that in 2021, right? But if you don't align them, then you just become the, the net of all the people that show up to, to work. And most of them have been trained by, other poor leaders and other dental offices don't have vision. So you need to add structure. There's a quote by Peter Drucker that I love that says a leader's first job is to take charge of their energy and then come to work and orchestrate the energy of all the other players in the game. To me, that's leadership in its simple form. But if you don't have a roadmap, every single little spat and things like sterilization's not caught up becomes this whole ordeal because 
you don't have a code, you don't have a code of conduct, you don't know who you are, you're just at dental practice seeing patients. And that's that you've commoditized yourself, which isn't good for anything. Yeah. Yep. Well, right. And, and just listening to right. That, that's so simple. That's something everyone, if you're listening to this right now, you can do this. You can go back on a, and Monday morning, you can sit down with your team members and just ask them, what do you want? Right. It, it, all you have to do is ask them and, and, and then listen. Right. Because that's really focusing on the human element. Like you said, right. It's that vision and helping give everyone what's important to them because yes, paychecks are important, but, but there's so much more for, for aligning the team. And, and my guess is that when you've done this in practices, you start to see some pretty good results. Don't you, Dr. Dave? I do. I think I mean, we've, we've kind of stated it, but if we can change the dentist's identity, and then we, then we have to start with the inside out. So we have to change who that dentist is in some way, shape or form. So we start with the dentist clarity, energy and courage, and then they become better influencers. They're influencing team and patients by and large within the company. If we do that, the income, so we have identity, influence and income, the income becomes this natural byproduct of executing well. And you said the key word, which is humanistic. There's a lot of, I'll call it industrial age management theory out there that's very much control and compliance. I'm fortunate enough to have contacts with researchers in leadership and management theory, and it's the humanistic thing that's trending upward. So if you're not already on this, it's time to get on it because especially with the disruption of COVID, team members are going to look for a place that gives them a paycheck, pay them an honest wage, and then find out what other things they need. Give them more mastery, more autonomy, more purpose within their work. And they'll become so loyal to, to you because they've never seen that in any other organization. They know that another $2 raise down the street may give them $2, but they're going to subtract that now they're going to end up on this hamster wheel or treadmill. So I think it's critically important to make sure that we understand that the future is not this control and compliance. Let's give our team a better protocol sheet or checklist, but really like allowing them to become leaders within their own operatory or the, the CEO of the phones or CEO of the appointment book, whatever that is, you have to train them how to do that because they've never had that level of autonomy, but it's the thing that humans long for. We're always in dentistry looking for a better bonus program, the carrot or a better like performance improvement plan, which would be the stick. Those things are, are long gone. And if you're going to try and hold on to those, just like any tech curve or trend curve or information curve, you're going to get, you're going to get blindsided and you're not going to be able to attract the, attract the best talent. So what I'm encouraging Dennis to do is optimize for the best place to work. You'll attract the best talent. You'll get work and worry off your plate. Certainly it takes some orchestration with meeting rhythm and make sure that when you hire that they're seeing those missions, visions, values, culture code, and either their eyes are going to light up or they're going to roll their eyes. And you know, immediately if that person is likely to be a fit or not. And if you have a strong culture and you bring on the wrong person, your team is going to say, hey, listen, doc, like this is not a fit. So this human, humanistic thing isn't a trend. It's probably something we should have done all along. But we going, going back just a little bit, Tim, we talk about the technical side, like we're dealing in millimeters and microns. This is so macro. Like we have to make sure that it's like head to head, heart to heart, that we're aligned, that when, when, a, when a new mom that works in your hygiene department has sleepless nights that you respect that and maybe bring that up in the huddle. Like this, this is leadership, which is about choice and change. 
And what you've always been trying to do in a business is get it to grow, which is ultimately change. And you've, you've created these boxes for the team and they can't change because you've trained them not to think out of the box. This is where all industries are headed and you might as well get on board and get ahead of the curve and start giving yourself more meaning and purpose, more clarity and being a role model for your team. Because if not, like I said, your patients and your team will go find a better place to get dentistry or a better place to work. Yeah. Right. So powerful things. Now, now at the same time, you know, I'm listening to this and, and you may be listening to this also thinking this sounds a little scary to kind of do this, this personal growth work, right? <laughs> right. This is not necessarily something that, that that's going to come super easy. Right. You've probably got to be just a little bit relentless in your pursuit <laughs> of this, right? To, to kind of bring it back to that. And so, you know, what do you say to the doctor who just says, well, I, I just, yeah, I don't know about this, right? How is it really possible for, for me to change it and, and to learn how to do these things? Um, yeah, I think that's always a reluctance for all of us because we have this ex expertise and we want to be good, great at everything that we do. That's the achiever mindset that would get you into dental school and out of dental school. What I tell my clients the ones that are introverted, the ones that are super technical, the ones that don't want to stand in front of the room and run the annual meeting, the monthly meeting, do the trainings, the one-on-ones, all of the meeting rhythm that's critical to any organization that wants to grow. And I think you're either growing or dying. So um, growth is the only option to me. But the step that I mentioned is courage because mm. confidence is the thing that we all long for, but confidence is always on the long side of courage. And once we know what we want and we're committed to that thing, it takes courage to step into that thing. And we know the big moments of courage, like adding the second location, adding three more operatories, hiring a hygienist when you're worried about if you can make the payroll, all of those are steps into courage, right? But courage is also anytime you're developing a skill. And if you're developing a brand new skill, just like when you learn to walk or run, or the first time you touched a tooth and you thought you were gonna go right into the nerve and harm the patient. All of this is, is a, is you, you get the confidence from the reps. And before you can get the reps, you have to give yourself permission to suck to some degree. And so it's saying like, I'm going to do it horrible for the first time. And the second time it's going to be a little less horrible. So know that that's the growth curve for all of us. And there's a lot of highlight reels out there in dentistry. And there's some, some people who have unbelievable talent, but most of us had to go through this this, this confidence flywheel. And that there's a really uncomfortable part of that. And the sooner you step into that and step forward into courage, as opposed to back into comfort, the sooner you'll see your team do that. And this leads to the growth. So uh, my, my call to action is give yourself permission to suck because everything that we do for the first time, the first time we become the CFO of our practice and step into that role, the CMO, the chief innovation officer, the CEO, all of these things, we can deny them, but it's at our own peril. So we might as well embrace them and say, listen, like this is going to get easier over time. And I'm going to have to carve out time to make sure that I'm understanding these numbers, that I'm understanding what leadership really looks like. I, do I even know what the difference between a mission and a vision? All of that takes time. And you can start at that first grade level. It's fine. It's normal. And so the message is like, this is 100% normal to have anxiety and have to push aside the perfectionist in us as dentists and step into something completely new is something that we've all gone through as business owners. And so that, that leap forward into confidence became a mantra in my practice, courage over comfort. It's a, there's a beautiful quote by 
Brene Brown, and she defines that as integrity. Yep. It's saying, I'm going to be true to who I am. And there's something that we admire about that person who's unapologetically themselves and going after what they want. But it all starts with one little step. Yep, right. Exactly. You just got to get out there and, and, and do it. Well, wow. I mean, we, we've just touched on, on so many things today and, and so much value you've delivered, right? From, you know, really talking about that, that importance of vision and, and helping that align our team. Then we've got some, some helpful tips that, that you can go back and do Monday morning, right? Ask your team, what do they want? <laughs> and, and let's touch on that last piece, right? I want, I want everyone, you want everyone to, to really walk away feeling hopeful for the, the future. And so, you know, why why do you think now is a great time to, to be a dentist, right? Socially, politically, economically, the world's <laughs> kind of a mess. So, so why dentistry? Why should we be hopeful for the future right now, Dr. Dave? I call a dental license a golden ticket because I think it provides so much opportunity. It's, you can kind of, I used to read these books as a kid, they were called choose your own adventure. Like you get to this fork in the road. And if you want to do this, turn to page 14 and you want to do this, turn, turn to page, page 32. My career has been like that. And yet I still have this incredible safety net. Like if everything burns to the ground and I'm in this huge financial peril, well, I have no choice. I can have a job tomorrow that still pays me really well enough to support my family and then some, and we lose sight of that because it is so challenging. And so I love, I love anyone that wants to control their own destiny. And that's the thing that jumped out to me as, as a, as a, as a career pursuit early on is because like, I can be an entrepreneur if I like, I can be a part-time employee if I like, I can be only the entrepreneur and stop being clinicians. I have many friends that have done that. So I, I do not know a profession that provides so much opportunity where like I, when I was practicing, I was down to 11 days a month and I was making like, like as much as a CEO and that, that CEO was working 78 hours a week. I was working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Certainly I had to work for that. It took a long time to get that level of momentum and build up the reputation in the community. But once I had the infrastructure and built all the flywheels and the systems, it, it worked without effort. And so if you're willing to pay the price to win that prize, whatever that is for you, and then we go back to clarity, don't, don't choose my vision and version of success, choose your vision and version of success. I just don't think there's any professions out there that provide that level of opportunity and agility where you can be this guy or this gal for five years and then shift and then shift. Like if parenting is really important to you, maybe you don't step on the entrepreneurial gas pedal until they're 16 or 17 and they don't want anything to do with you. Like it's really up to you. And I, I just don't see that in other industries. It's, it's like a embarrassment of opportunity right under your own nose. And sometimes you get on these message boards and we're like, it seems like doomsday, but appreciating that most of us are doing really well financial uh, well really well financially and there's a there, there's there's no lid on it there's like unlimited upside in this career as long as you're willing to like you said continue to invest in yourself and then bring out the best in others it's it's the it's the land of opportunity i get really passionate when i talk about it but it, it really does when i talk to dental students like i know you feel the pressures i know the debt all this stuff but it really is a golden ticket because what would, what would you exchange it for? What would you four day work weeks, multiple six figures? Like it's, it's pretty rare. Um, but it's because we have such a high value skill. And if you start stacking other important skills on there, like leadership, marketing, business acumen, uh, ad procedure mix, like you can reinvent your career again and again and again. And to me, that's, 
that's amazing. That's unprecedented. Yeah, it really is one of the, the best careers out there, right? Like, like you mentioned, right? Dentistry, you've got options. You can reinvent yourself. You can choose when and where to how to practice. But, but maybe the one thing that a lot of people are missing is actually kind of that thing that you and I were talking about earlier. It's just vision, right? What does the future look like for you? And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think those would be some of my, you know, closing thoughts for, for people is, is really get clear on, on what you want, right? Get some clarity. And so, you know, Dr. Dave, what would be some, some closing thoughts that you would have for, for everyone as we wrap up our conversation here? Well, I've become a, quite a nerd in human behavior and human behavior change and what brings out the best in people. And the number one thing that we need is meaning and a bold future. And so kind of my quest every year is to have my best year every year. And so I would ask that simple coaching question to a listener is, what would it take to make it inevitable that 2021 is your best year ever? And it may seem like, you know, 2020 has been this like catastrophic year for you. If you don't ask the question, if you don't document, it's not going to happen for sure. But if you step into that vision, maybe your best year ever takes two years, but you're still on this trend line. And once you get on this trend line and add meaning and momentum, increase your money mindset, all of these things that, that I talk about ad nauseum, like you can really start to compound the effects and the results start to happen. And the effort actually has to goes down over time because now you're leveraging the best of human nature, as opposed to what I did for the beginning of my career was just grit and hustle and grind and try to brute force it all. It's a, it's a miserable place to be, but if you learn that you have this embarrassment of opportunity and you can chart this quest to have your best year ever and ask yourself, what would have to happen? Who would I have to become? What would it look like? How would I know in, in the end of December that I had accomplished it? If you journal on that for an hour, you'll be way further ahead than 99.9% of, of our profession. So to me, that's what it means to cast a vision, but then it's a work in progress. You, you might find out that the things that you wanted aren't things that you want now. I've been blindsided many times and the things that were high priorities now become somewhat trivia. So it's not a one and done thing, but you have to start. Like we keep talking about here, you have to start with a very clear vision. And I would start with that one question. What would have to happen in 2021 to ensure that you had your best year ever? Wow. I, I, and you know what? I, I just want to kind of tie on to what you said. You, you mentioned trend lines. And I think trend lines are so important because, you know, each and every one of us, I am, you are, everyone listening, right? We're all drifting towards a, a future out there. And some of us, we're, we're trending towards that life we want. Some of us are slowly trending into disaster. Some of us are trending towards, you know, mediocrity, right? We're, we're all heading down that path. And, and these lines have never been closer than what they are right now today. Right. And just a little nudge can, can start if you're on that path towards mediocrity, just a little nudge upwards five years from now can completely change your trajectory. But like you mentioned, you, you got to get started because the lines have never been closer than what they are right now today. And so, Dr. Dave, how can we get a hold of you? How can we find out more about, you know, just just really creating that vision? How, how can we, we work with you to, to build those practices of our dreams? Well, I've got a lot, lots of resources out there. The central location is relentlessdentist.com. There's free training. There's over 300 podcasts. I just started a Facebook group with that theme, Best Year Yet Challenge. So I'm, I'm hard to miss uh, if you're looking for me, but I would say the central location is relentlessdentist.com. And I always welcome an email. Like I love talking to dentists. 
they're my people, they're my colleagues. I like to protect them and make them better. So or any sort of reach out, whether it be on IG, email, phone call, I always appreciate because uh, it's harder and harder to get out amongst the people in meetings. And so it tends to be more on one-on-one -on -one phone calls, Zoom emails where I make the connections. Excellent. Well, hey, Dr. Dave, thank you for sharing so generously with our audience and, and helping us build those great practices and giving us the, these tips that we can use and, and really helping us change our mindsets and change those paradigms because doing that can help you build that amazing life of significance so that you can take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm your host, Tim McNeely. Now get out there and make it a great day.